It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. After only three weeks on the job, Thomas Brown is no longer the Carolina Panthers play caller. It's Frank Reich. And does that make any sense at all? We'll talk about it right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow our show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast, free and available everywhere. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Wednesdays throughout the rest of the regular season, I'll be answering your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me over on Twitter, at Julian Council, to get those questions into me now. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by PrizePix. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code all lowercase LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Let's flash back to last Friday. The Carolina Panthers lost yet again. 16 to 13 against the Chicago Bears offense hit rock bottom 213 yards total offense only 12 first downs the second straight week the Carolina Panthers failed to have at least 100 yards of total offense in the first half Frank Reich the Carolina Panthers head coach was asked hey Frank Obviously, this offense is bad. Bryce has regressed the last couple of weeks after we thought he had a breakthrough in that walk-off win against the Texans. Are you going to make any changes? Like, would you retake play calling? And Frank Reich never said yes, never said no. He left it open, said that everything would be evaluated. Then we get to Monday. And Frank Reich was asked yet again about play calling and still at that point in time did not offer any sort of endorsement that Thomas Brown would unequivocally be the play caller come week 11 when the Dallas Cowboys came into town. Then on Wednesday, before anyone could even ask a question, Frank Reich said, I know you're going to ask. I know you're going to ask. Let me just go ahead and let you know that I'm going to be the play caller. This is not about Thomas. This is about me. This is about the team. I'm in the position that I'm in because of years of being a successful offensive coordinator and play caller. We have eight games left, and I want to give my attention to help the offense take the next step. It's still going to be collaborative. Thomas is still running the show as far as the offense, all the install meetings, game planning. I trust Thomas more than anybody. Hmm. He's helped me become a better coach, a better man. This is about the team. This is about us playing a role that can help us these last eight games. So Frank Reich, trust Thomas Brown more than anybody, but apparently not enough to save his job over the next eight weeks as he will retake the 
play calling duties. I have plenty of thoughts, obviously, on this. This show came out to you guys a lot earlier. This is not Friday. Whenever you're watching or listening to this, this is going to be on Thursday. I had the crossover episode, great episode with Marcus Mosier of Locked On Cowboys. But understand that y'all don't give a damn, don't give a rip about the game on Sunday. The Panthers are no good. The Cowboys are going to beat them. Like, there's no reason to waste your time watching it. Yes, for all those of asking, yes, it is farmer's market season. I'll watch for you. You just keep watching. You keep listening to Locked On Panthers. Thank you. So, understanding that, let's get to what actually matters to fans here in Carolina, and that's this news of Frank Reich taking over the play calling duties. I came up here and said that I did not think it was a good idea for the Carolina Panthers. Thomas Brown was always the future play call for the Carolina Panthers. At 0-6, I did not think it would change anything, and as we've seen, it has not changed anything at all. But if Frank Reich had the vision and told David Tepper and Scott Fitter from the very beginning that he did not want to be the primary play call throughout the entirety of his second term as a head coach in the NFL. There was no reason not to go ahead at 0-6 to move forward with the future and to allow Bryce Young to have that one singular voice voice in in his head, and that being Thomas Brown. I did not think it would change anything because the offensive line has been banged up. They cannot block. They cannot run the football. The receivers cannot get open. The offense was still going to stink, which it has. But doing this... That does not make a ton of sense to me as far as the optics go. And Frank Wright came out and said he understands what's going to be said, which Frank, hey, man, I hadn't even talked yet. You got to at least give me a chance before you say you know what's going to be said. But he said, I understand what's going to be said and how it's going to appear to some. Nothing I can do about that. you damn right, other than you don't do this. As I've said from the beginning, the whole process is collaborative anyways. And yes, that is fair. Again, when we've had this conversation, Frank Reich let us know back in the spring that it was him and Thomas Brown marrying their offensive concepts together. But for the most part, this was going to be Frank Reich's offense. It was more 60-40, but still, with Thomas taking over, the play calls were going to be the same. Maybe the communication has been better uh, with the play calls not coming in so late, but it was still going to be the same offense. You don't change an entire offensive scheme in a bye week. This was built over months through OTAs, mandatory minicamp, through training camp. The offense is the offense. The personnel is the personnel. None of that can change until the offseason. And there's likely to be massive changes in the offseason. One of those is probably Thomas Brown not being here, if we're being honest, now that he's had the play calling duties stripped from him after three games where... How much of a chance did he really have? We'll get to what Frank Reich had to say about that in a moment. But Frank Reich went on and said, I trust Thomas. Uh, well, that's not the one I was looking for. He said, in this league, it's a game of inches. If you can find ways to get 1% better here, 1% better there, I just wouldn't be able to live with myself if I didn't bring every one, if I didn't bring um, every ounce of that to bear in these last eight games. And really, when he's asked about that, it's like, hey, Frank, you say that. Is this about job security? He said that he has not been given an ultimatum by David Tepper or Nicole Tepper. By the way, he was at practice on Wednesday checking out the offensive line. Um, do we want to be in control of our own destiny? Of course. Is this about having something that I can give the team? He said, this is about something I can give the team. I feel like I need to give it. So Frank Reich says it's not about his job status, not about his job security. It's about what's best for the team. 
Okay, well, did you consider any other options, Frank Reich? He said he never considered any other options, did not consider Jim Caldwell or Parks Frazier, who called plays last year in Indianapolis when Jeff Saturday took over and Frank Reich was fired. And he said also that this was not a decision based on the production the past three games, which what? If it's not based on the production the last three games, then what is it based on? He said, I wasn't looking at stats. It's just what I think is right. And as far as the impact on Thomas Brown, because I'm telling you all right now, I just don't really see how Thomas Brown is going to move forward here as the OC in Carolina after this happened, even if there is a year two. I just don't see how that would be the case. And Frank Reich does not believe that this is going to impact Thomas Brown. He said, this should have zero impact on Thomas Brown's career arc. First of all, anyone who knows Thomas knows that he's brilliant. He's a great leader, alpha male, fast on his feet. This is the one that really got me. This is a three-game sample size on a team and an offense that is struggling. What was he supposed to... He paused. Was it supposed to be magic? This will have little or no impact on his long-term trajectory. He was about to say, what was he supposed to do? That is a message to David Tepper, who is the one who shoehorned Frank Reich giving up the play-calling duties. Because they had talked about it. And they were 0-6. Something had to be changed. Frank wasn't going to fire anybody. David Tepper wasn't going to fire Frank. Wasn't going to fire Scott Fitterer. He was going to remain patient. He wanted to see some changes. So the obvious logical change, even if it wasn't going to do a damn thing, was for Thomas Brown to take over. And now that Frank Reich has taken back the play calling, here he is saying, well, David Tepper, what did you think was going to happen? What did you really think was going to change? Frank Wright comes in here and talks about how he believes in what they have and they have the pieces to win. He knows good and damn well that is not the case. And that is him, in a way, defending his guy from the owner who obviously wanted to change it. Now, Joe Person followed up asking, well, if um, he didn't think that something was magically going to change, then why did Thomas Brown even take over? And Frank Wright just said he always had the vision of giving up play calling his second go around as a head coach. All of this is just mind-numbing. It's confusing. It's a dumpster fire here in Carolina. First off, it's a bad look. It's a bad look that three weeks after you gave up play calling, that now you're the play caller again, that the Panthers got their lone win with Thomas Brown, and now we're going back to Frank Reich, who had a six-game sample size about offense. It's been a three-game sample size, way too small to make this decision. Yes, the offense the last two weeks has not looked good. Two touchdowns in the last 12 quarters. That is a problem, and one of those is a win for the Carolina Panthers in that first game against Houston. The last two weeks, it has looked abysmal, but is that all on Thomas Brown? The offensive line couldn't protect. Bryce Young made bad decisions. Is that on Thomas Brown that the mistakes were made on the field? Like a lot of it, yes, as far as discipline, the false-star penalties is on coaching. But is that really on Thomas Brown, the way things have gone the last couple weeks? That was a lot of the same things we saw with Frank Reich. So maybe just systemically, organizationally, there is a major issue aside from who's calling the plays, which was obvious early on in the season when people were begging for Thomas Brown to take over the play calling. But I don't think this is the right move for the Carolina Panthers. And when Frank Reich says it's not going to have an impact on his career arc, like he's very naive to think that. Even when a black coach in the NFL takes a team that was 1-5 in five and goes 500 with them and has a respected locker room, the fan base believing, and has them on the cusp of a playoff appearance and a division title, he can't get a job. 
it seems like the best way to get a job as a black coach nowadays is either, I guess, to have played for the franchise, like D'Amico Ryan's in Houston, or call plays on offense. Because that's what teams are doing. They're going out there and they're getting these young offensive play callers. That's what's really the trend in the NFL. And that's what David Tepper wanted to do. You want to get Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson said, I'm good. I'm going to get more money and stay here with Dan Campbell in Detroit where I'm happy. So for Thomas Brown, this looked like a pathway to be a head coach. He was coaching offense. He was working with a former number one overall pick or number one overall pick currently in Bryce Young. This was an opportunity for him to show what he could do. And now he's not able to do that. And people are going to see after three weeks, and the hope is that there will be some nuance and owners will understand what truly happened. But is he going to get the opportunities moving forward to be a play caller again, to be an OC in the NFL? Maybe, hopefully, probably. But how long is it going to take? So I think it's a little naive for Frank Reich, knowing the way the league goes, that, oh, yeah, this is not going to impact Thomas Brown at all. It's going to have an impact. How big of an impact? That remains to be seen. Now, Frank Reich, number two, he probably knows that he's cooked. And I do think, in a way, uh, he talked about, does everyone want to have control of their own destiny? Of course, this is him trying to control it. Now, if it's destiny, it's already predetermined, so there's nothing he can do right now to change that. But still, I understand really what he's trying to say. He wants to have control. If this, if this ship is going to sink, he's going to have his hand at the wheel. He's going to make sure that he does everything in his power to save his job if he's going to lose his job. So that is part of it. And another thing, here's just kind of a little conspiracy. I've said this to y'all before. In a way, Frank Reich has kind of saved Thomas Brown's ass in the past. Had Thomas Brown been the head coach or the, been the play caller from day one and they were 0-6, David Tepper been like, well, we need to make a change. You need to be the play caller. And that might have been Thomas Brown getting fired after six weeks. That, so that that's just one thought. And here's another little conspiracy. And I'm not a big conspiracy thought guy, but here here's something for you. Maybe, maybe, this is Frank Reich also trying to save his job and save Thomas Brown at the same time. Frank Reich deciding to take the bullets the rest of the way instead of Thomas Brown having to have a bad resume with an offense that just has no chance. As he said, what were they supposed to... Was he supposed to make magic with all this? Maybe it's that. Possibly. And that's the way I would like to believe this is what Frank Reich's doing. But at the end of the day, I know who this is all about. This is about David Tepper. This is David Tepper, the one who wanted this to happen in the first place, Frank Reich, to give up the play calling, and then coming back and saying, you know what, Frank, this ain't working, and you're about to get fired, and things don't change, you're out of here. So... Maybe you should take back play calling. We've seen it in the past of Ron Rivera. We've seen it here now twice, in my opinion, with Frank Reich. So it's unfortunate for Thomas Brown. Maybe it helps him in the end. I don't know. It's a great opportunity that he no longer has. Still has a great opportunity to work with Bryce Young and be here in Carolina. But it does not appear to be uh, that much longer that he, Frank Reich, and the rest of his coaching staff will be here in Charlotte. But man, just... Doesn't make a lot of sense. Doesn't make a lot of sense to make this decision after three weeks when we've already seen what it looked like before. Last ditch effort, I suppose. But Frank Reich's the play caller, and I wouldn't expect anything to change come Sunday when Dallas comes to town. Now, when Dallas comes to town, 
It will probably be a partisan Cowboys crowd because that is just how things are here in Carolina now that David Tepper has really sucked all the lifeblood out of this organization. I'll try to give you some uh, keys to victory as the Panthers prepare to face off against the Cowboys on Sunday afternoon here in Uptown Charlotte. Price Picks is the most fun you'll have winning up to 25 times your money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can choose LeBron James plus Mr. Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus receptions. Price picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Price picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get back into the show here. Uh, Friday, uh, really Thursday, this is coming out because I wanted to give you all again my thoughts. You just heard them uh, about the situation here in Carolina. Thomas Brown no longer the play caller. doesn't make a ton of sense other than Frank Reich uh, trying to save his job, even though he's not going to save his job. And Thomas Brown, who only had three games to be the play caller, just... Just really no direction here in Carolina, and all this is on David Tepper. Now, let's talk about the keys to victory, as we typically do here on Fridays on the show, ahead of any game on a Sunday. Uh, Number one, because I don't really think the Panthers are going to win anyways, but number one, do whatever to make Bryce Young comfortable on offense now that Frank Reich has taken over. Let's go back to Diana Rossini, had the report that we talked about about ownership wanting to see the Panthers do more what Bryce Young did at Alabama, what he had success with. That meant implementing some more RPOs. Do that. If that's what the owner wants you to do, and also he wants you to call plays, and that probably was the first little uh, clue that this was going to happen, aside from Frank Reich not shooting all this down on Friday or on Monday, but this was pretty much the first clue. And that was wedged right between those two days when this report came out that Frank Reich is going to retake play calling duties. Whatever you can do to get Bryce comfortable. I mean, what would help Bryce being comfortable is the offensive line protecting. Um, it would also help if the receivers get open. And just generally, if the scheme was better and if they had some sort of identity on offense, which clearly they do not. So, I don't know. Find whatever you can to get Bryce comfortable now that Frank is calling the plays. He's had plenty of time to look at Bryce to see what should work with Bryce, what does not work with Bryce. Make it happen. Figure it out or else, well, you'll just lose your job. Number two, please, can we try not to get Bryce Young killed? Dallas is serious business, man, when it comes to rushing the passer. The Carolina Panthers, they made some uh, changes uh, to the 
offensive line this week. Calvin Throckmorton was cut on Tuesday. He was claimed off of waivers on Wednesday by the Tennessee Titans. So the Panthers will see him potentially next week when they head down to uh, Nashville to face off against the Titans. He's now being replaced in the lineup by Chandler Zavala, who started weeks two through five at left guard. He originally started week one at right guard before Brady Christensen went out for the rest of the season. And he went down uh, in Detroit with that neck injury. It was just more of a severe stinger. was not as serious as it looked, thank God. And he has not played since then. Now he's returning six weeks later. What kind of player are we going to see out of Chandler Zavala? When we saw him play against Seattle, he had a 0.0 pass blocking grade, according to Pro Football Focus. That's bad. <laughs> Obviously, that ain't it. And he really wasn't it when he was out there. They've been probably a little better at left guard. They haven't been dramatically better, but they've been a little bit better when Cade Mays had to fill in for a couple weeks. Then with Calvin Throckmorton, who clearly wasn't good enough. And they also, I don't even know if it was, he wasn't good enough. Frank Wright came out and just talked about getting some of the younger guys uh, in there, knowing that if he's going to stay here, if he's going to successfully save his job, whether it's Thomas Brown being the scapegoat or if they're able to win enough games or David Tepper just shows mercy after a atrocious season, which is what it looks like it's going to be, they need to be focused on a youth movement and some of the younger players. And we talked about this on the mailbag. Someone had asked me about, hey, is it, start, is it time to start seeing some younger guys? Like maybe Terrace Marshall, who's still young, but he only has one year left and he wants to be traded. Uh, but maybe would make sense on the offensive line to have Chandler's ball there at left guard. Cade Mays, who's actually been a little bit better uh, when he was at left guard. Now, he had his opportunity at right guard. That didn't work out. I am interested to see how that works out, while also very concerned knowing how poorly they have protected uh, in the interior this season. And Bradley Bozeman's also been one of those guys that has struggled. The Carolina Panthers so far this season, they have allowed 32 sacks. That is the fifth most in the NFL, Micah Parsons is a monster, a dude, up for Defensive Player of the Year in the NFL this year. He is ranked first among edge rushers in ESPN's pass rush win rate. Try saying that five times fast. Dallas as a whole, defensively, is ranked number one in the NFL in ESPN's again pass Rush win rate. The Panthers are ranked 19th in pass block win rate. A lot easier to say. Taylor Moten among tackles is ranked 17th uh, in ESPN's pass block win rate. Again, that's a lot easier to say. That's among the 20 tackles that they have up there that are, I guess, I don't know, eligible, but are the top 20 of that stat. They don't show everybody there when you go to ESPN.com and look at this. So Moten, he's right there showing you he's still been steady Eddie. He, has he been perfect this year? Of course not, but he's been better than everyone else on the offensive line, which has been the case for the past five years here in Carolina. Austin Corbett's still working his way back. We'll see how he's able to perform. Maybe he's able to take a next step and help the Panthers in the run game. They sorely need it to help out Bryce Young at center. Bozeman's got to be better, of course. Zavala, we just talked about him. But Iki Iquano, who's the guy I'm concerned about? Icky has taken a step back this season. Too many procedural penalties, too many holds, the inability to get the block and protect and to not give up sacks. Micah Parsons, I bet he's going to get an opportunity. And they also talked about, we talked to Marcus Mosier yesterday. He talked about, or really today, uh, he talked about there being a possibility that they would move uh, Micah Parsons around. He would be rushing the inside after Chandler, going after Chandler Zabala or being matched up with him. And if that's the case, whoo, buddy, that is a concern. 
So they got to protect Bryce. That is something you can say every week, but especially this week against Dallas. I had my concerns coming to the bye. Maybe they can win the first three games, but Dallas, could they block them? Can they block them? We'll find out on Sunday. And lastly, Dak Prescott playing really good football. But Dak Prescott's also a guy that has turned the football over plenty in his career and already earlier on in this season. Now, that's typically in the big games that matter most. Now, he played really well against Philadelphia. But San Francisco, things weren't ideal. The Panthers are finally, like, semi-healthy on defense. Brian Burr and C.J. Henderson, both those guys should be back after having concussions last week. Uh, J.C. Horn... We'll see. Frank Reich wanted to see more of when he's how he's working his way back. We'll get more of a uh, definitive as far as what his game status is on Friday. How about their back, potentially? Uh, he's back, potentially, with those two. You got Xavier Woods and Von Bell, who returned to the lineup for the first time together since week three last week. Marquise Haynes made his debut last week as well. So, you think about that. Derek Brown's out there still. Frankie Louvu. This is the healthiest the defense has been since week one when they were already missing guys like Haynes and they weren't necessarily that healthy back then. So this is the healthiest that they've been. This is an opportunity for that defensive unit to really start building upon how they played the last couple weeks where they've given up 13 to Houston, 13 to the Colts offense, and 16 to the Bears on Thursday night football. Maybe they can cause some mistakes and they can keep this team in the game. And you know it would be nice if they could score a touchdown as well because the Carolina Panthers offense, as we know, really struggles to do that. So force turnovers, don't get Bryce killed, and find a way to make him comfortable in the offense if that means throwing in some of those college concepts that he used the last couple of years at Alabama. Those are the three keys to victory against Dallas on Sunday. Now let's think about this. Panther fans... I already know out there saying they're not going to go to the game. We already know how things typically go here in Carolina when the Cowboys come to town. What if Sunday's a repeat of San Francisco from last year? Then what happens? What does David Tepper do? We'll talk about it here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Whenever the game clock stops, that's time to order in with DoorDash. Order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash and get it all delivered without missing the game. Score football season's best deals on groceries, restaurants, retail, and more. All your favorite restaurants and stores from grocery to retail are on the app so you can shop everything you need to get game day ready. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all the tailgate gear on DoorDash and get ready to watch your team win. And personally for me, Love on Sundays. Go get a pizza from Hawthorne Pizza right down the road. Get some wings as well. There's no better place to go if you're in the neighborhood than there. And, well, there's plenty of places in your neighborhood to go. Get that kind of stuff, too, over on DoorDash. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. That's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Again, subject to change, terms apply. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Let's go back to last fall. The Carolina Panthers were hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Panthers were off to an atrocious start, and the fan base had given up on Matt Rule. They gave up on Matt Rule by not attending the game. There were a ton of 49ers fans in there, and that wasn't necessarily a surprise. We have seen in the past here throughout the entirety of the Panthers' history, whenever teams like the Steelers come to town or the Packers come to town or the Cowboys or the Niners, the old NFC West rivals for the Carolina Panthers, they tend to bring a lot of fans because those organizations have been around for a long time. It's not that they've just been around. They've won a lot. And when you win a lot, and back before TV had all the teams on, you had people that really fell in love with the Niners and Bill Walsh and Montana and Steve Young and what they did and Jerry Rice. You had people that fell in love with the Steel Curtain of Pittsburgh and with Dallas. So those fans are still around. And you think about Charlotte, even before it became such a transplant city, there were already people that were big Washington, then known as Redskin fans. My dad was one. His brother's a Cowboys fan growing up. So there's a lot of people in the area that were just fans of those teams. And it took a little bit of time for people to really embrace the Panthers as their number one team. But as we get more people from Ohio and Bills fans are all over the place and the team continues to lose, we're starting to see that some of the people that move here aren't really willing to adopt the Panthers. And even the people that have grown up here like myself and a lot of my friends who are fans of the team, they just have just been beaten down enough and they're kind of over supporting this team. And that leads to what we saw last year where San Francisco took over and the Niners kicked the Panthers' teeth in for four quarters, and that was it for Matt Rule. I came on after the show, and I was saying it's time. All right, Matt Rule is never going to change things around. Eventually, he's going to get fired. And David Tepper decided that it was time on that next Monday when he fired Matt Rule as Carolina Panthers sat at 1-5, and five, or 1-4, and four, whatever it was. Looking at things now, the Panthers are 1-8. and eight. They had decided for the second time this season to change play callers. Maybe it's Frank Reich trying to save his job, and he feels like the best thing to do is for him to call plays. Uh, Maybe he's trying to protect Thomas Brown. Maybe it's David Tepper, probably. Got to be a part of it, deciding, okay, Frank, you need to call plays again. We gave your guy a chance. It didn't work out. You go do it. I hired you because you've been a successful offensive coordinator and play caller. Those are Frank Reich's words. Maybe those are David Tepper's words to Frank Reich that he then regurgitated to the media on Wednesday when talking about his decision to retake the play-calling duties over from Thomas Brown. But looking at the situation here, if Dallas beats up on Bryce Young and the Panthers' offense struggles again and they lose in front of what I believe is going to be a partisan Cowboys crowd. I said 70%. Maybe that's just being crazy. But, man, it's hard not to feel that way. Just knowing the things I've read from people, what I've heard about what the attendance is going to look like for Panther fans out there. They might be at the tailgate just because, hey, why not still have the community? But are you going to be at the stadium? Are you really going to watch this team play? I said it's Farmer's Market Sunday. You're going to go out there and watch this team play knowing that you're going to be surrounded by Cowboy fans. And, God, I can't think about anything worse than having to sit next to a Cowboy fan for three hours while your team probably gets beaten up. So if that's the case and the team goes out there, it looks like they looked last year against San Francisco, completely inept, and they fall to one and nine, Does Frank Reich even get another week? Now, it was three, not even three. It was two-plus years from Matt Rule before David Tepper had enough. And for Frank Reich, it's only been two-plus months of the season. Will that be enough? I'm curious to see what it looks like. I really am. If they go out there, play the way I expect them to play, lose that game, 
have it be a Cowboys home game, how does David Tepper respond? He talks about he wants to be patient. He's aware, according to Diana Rossini, the reputation that he has around the league of being impatient, and that will make it difficult for him to find a new head coach and GM if that's what he decides to do this offseason. But will he be patient enough to sit there and to watch this product continue to get worse if what played out last year against San Francisco plays out on Sunday against Dallas? Just some food for thought. Just wondering how that might play out. But if you didn't know, I don't think the Carolina Panthers are going to win. And I think it's going to be an unfortunate Sunday. But I'll be here to break it all down after the game. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Y'all uh, subscribe or follow the show for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, right there on Twitter, at Julian Council. I'm not going to call it by the letter that's called now. That's ridiculous. You go to Twitter.com. It still pops up. Um, but make sure to do that because on Wednesdays, the rest of the way here in the regular season, I'm going to answer your weekly Wednesday mailbag questions. Either at me or DM me to get those questions into me now. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I will talk to you all on Sunday after the Carolina Panthers lose to the Cowboys. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.